Welcome to Divine Time with Melanie Bolick. Today's guest is Lauren Buzio. Is that correct? Yes. Buzio. <laughs> correct. Um, from Full Poor Magazine. How are you today? I am good. How are you doing today? Thank you for coming. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course. So I've had the luxury of being able to read your magazine in the past yeah. couple of days. It's full of full to the brim with lots of content and information, which is good. That's so, the goal. Lots of information, lots right? of fun things to read and explore. <laughs> right. And so tell me about your wine story. My wine story. Geez. Well, uh, in my former life, I'll make this as quick as possible, but in my former life, I spent nearly 16 years at Wine Enthusiast magazine. Uh, prior to that, I was in the publishing industry, working mostly uh, sort of in an administrative back end function for a lot of different publishing houses. Uh, right. So yeah, I spent uh, 16 years, nearly 16 years at Wine Enthusiast. And then I left my position there in May of 2022 and took some time off as many of us tried to do after the fun times that were the pandemic uh, and sort of thought about what I wanted to do next and where I was going, what I you know wanted to contribute to the world, what I was watching around me, what I felt like uh, was maybe missing and, and needed in certainly the drinks, media and publishing space. And with that in mind, I started scheming and dreaming proper at the end of 2022 to create this new independent magazine called Full Pour. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. You know what I like the most about it? And I showed it to somebody who, uh, one of my friends, and she's like, I like the feel of it. It feels like an art book. It doesn't yes. feel like a magazine. And Definitely. So I'm very, I love print. I'm a big believer in the print medium. And right. there's absolutely something about that tactile experience that, right. you know, the digital space and online, it's fantastic. Obviously we use it every day in so many different fashions and ways. Uh, but there is just something different about giving yourself that time and that escape to disconnect from the screens, disconnect from the noise, the distractions, uh, and hold something and really allow yourself to escape in those printed pages. And for me, it's also the smell of the print. Like I'm one of those weirdos that's like, I want to go into the library just for the smell of it. Uh, but I don't think I'm alone. <laughs> no, not at all. No, I, I, I appreciate it. And I really like the artwork. So tell me about the art for the magazine. Yeah, so we have the great pleasure of working with a variety of wonderful contributors, both in our words and in our art and illustrations. Um, so again, definitely looking for as many different sort of styles, perspectives, um, aesthetics as possible to translate and bring some of these stories to life. Uh, and that goes for our cover as well. We make a very conscious decision to work with a different illustrator for each issue's cover um, that is basically given the assignment of representing whatever the concept of full pour means to them and right. how that translates in their mind. And again, their aesthetic, their style, uh, and really bring that as a representation to the cover. So it's not necessarily, you know, oftentimes you'll see in magazines that the cover is aligned or attached to a specific feature or article. Um, that's not the position that we take. Again, we try to have this more broad, welcoming, all-encompassing representation on the cover of all of the beauty of the drinks categories that we know, love, and consume today. Right. And that's the great thing about the magazine, too, is it's not pigeonholed into wine or beer or 
spirits. You, you cover um, cannabis-based drinks as well as coffee. And, yes. and so it's really, really broad, which is great. And um, so you've been, your first issue was when? Last Christmas? Our, our first issue was dropped in March, 2023. So that was the spring 2023 issue. We are published uh, quarterly or seasonally, however you would like to uh, identify it. So our summer issue dropped in June and fall comes out in September. And our winter issue just dropped the first week of December. Fantastic. Yeah. And um, how did you find your contributors? Are these people that you worked with in all your years for wine enthusiasts or just, you know, people, you know, in the trade? Yeah. So some of them, certainly I had existing uh, relationships with from my prior life. Mm -hmm. uh, and certainly for the first issue, the spring 2023 issue, uh, that did feature a lot of, again, people that I had previously worked with only because for launch, I was um, I was very sort of silly, maybe, uh, but had this dream of doing it very quietly and then launching this beautiful new thing into the world uh, without people necessarily having a heads up that it was coming right. for them. I did that with the podcast, too. <laughs> yeah. I was like, boom, I made a podcast. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I had the great pleasure of working with a lot of fantastic contributors that I had previously worked with specifically on that issue. And moving forward, absolutely, there's still some contributors um, that I've worked with previously. But the great thing about Full Pour uh, and what we're really trying to do in terms of our, again, editorial and all contributions, so that goes for what we were talking about with the art, is really being open to any and all who are interested in contributing to this space and telling a story uh, along the lines of uh, advancing social drinks and beverage culture, whatever that means to you, uh, regardless of your prior experiences uh, and coming again from a range of different backgrounds, uh, experiences, both personal and professional, um, just really, again, being open to any and all of the stories that are out there and the varied perspectives that make our world so delicious. Absolutely. And I, the one thing I like the most about the magazine, it's very informative. Um, so it, it's really coming from an educational base in the sense of, you know, a lot of magazines about wine sometimes come from the sense of they're writing to the people in the trade but not to people who are consumers. And I find there's a disconnect or has been for a very long time between the people who know about wine and the people who don't. So then there's like, you know, your normal person who comes into the bar and drinks Pitti Chardonnay because that's what she drinks. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, and But she will never venture out of that category. And so when it comes to wine sales and education and trying to educate people, it's really difficult to get anyone out of those categories if they feel safe in them. Right. Um, and so it's nice to have a publication that actually says, hey, this is how organic wine is made or whatever the case is. Yes. And so um, your distribution right now is in the United States, correct? Yeah, largely in the United States. We do have representation in Canada. We're in the Chapters Indigo stores up north. Okay. Uh, and we also uh, work with a wonderful company based in the UK called Newsstand that offers uh, shipping and distribution and uh, currency carts in all almost all languages and areas okay. around the world. So yeah, really, we're trying to make it as accessible and available to um, to anyone anywhere. And currently, most of the copy is just in print. So, for example, you can go to your website, and your website is uh, full-pour.com. Correct. And the same on Instagram. It's at, at full-pour, uh, correct? At Instagram, it's at full-pour-mag. Ah, there you go. 
Yeah. And uh, so that you can't read the magazine online. You really have to get the hard copy. Uh, yeah so we again I am uh, maybe a bit of a dinosaur but I don't know uh <laughs> I believe in the power of print we really believe in the representation and the experience that it provides so we definitely want to encourage that um and offer our readers the opportunity to again engage and really escape in that with us um again online and digital is fantastic um, but it just offers a different experience. And in terms of, you know, the aesthetic, it's it's a different look. It's a different feel. It's a different vibe. You can't have um, necessarily such beautiful and certainly not tactile layouts uh, as a quality print magazine can provide. So we are print focused, although on our website, and with every issue release, we do put a sampling of our articles on our site so that people can get an understanding of what our sort of tone and offering and scope of content uh, would be within any given issue. And again, highlighting that would be the differentiating point between what's out there and what Full Pour has created. And our position is that we are openly embracing in every single issue all of the categories of consumables that are available to modern consumers today. So we love our wine, certainly. We love spirits. We love beer. But this also extends to, as you had referenced earlier, infused drinks, and that's largely cannabis-infused beverages, as well as non-alcoholic drinks. Right. And that includes you know, BevAlk proxies, uh, things that are emulating a traditional BevAlk spirit or drink, as well as coffee, tea, kombucha, you know, anything that, again, has that sort of social history of consumption with people, with friends, with family, stories behind the makers, how it came to be, why we enjoy these things in a social setting, why we go for coffee dates, um, all of these these rich stories and histories uh, is what we're really interested in sort of diving into and empowering consumers to make decisions across whatever category of consumable they're after in that day, minute, week, month, whatever it may be. Because I don't think that um, modern consumers generally drink with the category exclusivity that maybe once upon a time we may have uh, had a more tendency to do. Uh, I think modern consumers to Today are, you know, a little bit more adventurous and a little bit more open to all of the different categories. You know, maybe today I want a glass of wine. Maybe tomorrow I'm going to a concert. I might enjoy some beers. Maybe over the weekend, you know, I'm gathering with a group of moms and we might enjoy some non-alc drinks, whatever the case may be. Um, I think, again, we're just open to all of the different categories of deliciousness uh, that we don't really need to segment them out or exclude anybody. So sure. every issue will always have coverage of all of those categories of consumables for an equal and fair representation uh, in every issue. And, and uh, the one thing I did notice was that you had um, you have a lot of nonprofit information. So there's a, like you've sort of roped in a lot of nonprofits within yeah. the, the content. Yeah. So part of our program uh, for our partners that we work with uh, for every issue is a program that we call Flow into Community. 
And what that includes, uh, as you were referencing, are these wonderful full page spotlights of nonprofit organizations that are selected mutually between our partners and full pour that we then put together these, uh, again, full page spotlights detailing the organization, what they do, what they stand for, their websites, how people can find them. Nice. And then with that, we also host a grapevine page called the Flow Into Community Grapevine. Mm -hmm. Grapevine is a wonderful platform. It's essentially like Kickstarter, but for nonprofits and donation giving. Mm -hmm. uh, so think of it as crowd giving instead of crowdfunding. Right. Uh, and Full Pour has a standing donation into the grapevine as well as anybody and everybody is open and available to contribute to it as well. And at the end of every season, the donations that go into the grapevine are then dispersed to the nonprofits from that issue. So right. it's really about giving visibility and support uh, in every way that we possibly can to these nonprofits that are improving our food, Bev, hospitality spaces. Of course. Yeah. And it, when it really comes down to like, the smaller producers, for example, you know, where I live, I'm surrounded by breweries and there's a kombucha down the street and next door to my house. And then, you know, there's a whole bunch of people making cider. We now have a company here in Portland, Maine, that just makes seltzer. They started with seltzer and realized, excuse me, they started with cider and they realized that seltzer was such an enormous category. And if you ever walk in there on a given Sunday, the place is packed to the ground. Um, with a band, people outside waiting to get in, you know, so, you know, I, for, I, I'm surrounded by creators, I guess, if that makes sense. And uh, so it's nice to see that there's support for the smaller businesses that are startups. You know. Definitely. And, and like you were saying, also, you know, categories support uh, and it's authentic in terms of the representation for every issue. I think, um, you know, so far there's been maybe a lot of um, sort of seasonal or holiday, I'm using air quotes right now, holiday themed coverage, be it, you know, something with a non-L category around dry January or something around cannabis infused around 420 or whatever sort of one-off seasonal sort of things that, um, that other platforms might offer. But for us, it was really more about creating those, again, consistent, dedicated spaces for those categories and giving them their proper due. Yeah. Um, because we are all interested in in all of these drinks. <laughs> sure, sure. I like the article about Lanzarote. I thought that was very interesting. I didn't even know they produced wine in Lanzarote, but I love the, the the description of how they actually produce the wine, which is really amazing. Yeah, there is no shortage of wonderful stories to tell. Right? <laughs> and, yeah, and definitely, you know, like I've said, we're interested in those stories. We want to provide that information. We really want to get into some of the nitty gritty. Uh, we're not necessarily offering a quick take buying guide on 10 Lanzarote wines to buy and drink uh, this summer. Uh, you know, other platforms can do that and do that well. Right. Uh, but for us and our audience, it's more about empowering our readers with the information to be savvy consumers and to huh. go out and use that information for whatever needs they may have. Um, and again, trying to offer that across a variety of categories based on a variety of needs. Are you selling into stores? Like you're, you could, for example, I could go online and purchase a, a copy or a subscription, I presume. Mm -hmm. um, um, but are you selling into stores? 
Yeah. So we yeah. are distributed in North America. We are distributed to Barnes and Noble stores uh, across the U.S., as well as a variety of wonderful independent retailers. So we work with uh, local distributors uh, who serve different states and areas, and then they in turn work with wonderful independent retailers uh, like the fabulous Casa Magazines in New York City, mm -hmm. uh, which is like a must destination for any magazine lover uh, and print aficionado. Uh, so there's definitely a range of wonderful small businesses that we uh, that we do sell to and we love to support wherever we can. Fantastic. That's wonderful. Are you selling to are you selling to the retail and the wine trade? That's just interesting to know, like, you know, because wine stores sometimes sell magazines. Yeah, you know, it's funny, like, I I've talked to a couple, there's not a ton of interest in wine stores, I think, because historically, maybe they haven't had success with a lot of publications. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we could probably have a whole podcast episode as to right. why that may be the case. Right, right, right. Um, but I think the more that I talk to, I actually have conversations and talk to people, the more that they are understanding that this is something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um that this is not, you know, one of the traditional uh, existing legacy wine mags that might have a certain perception or air about it, um, that this is something that really is uh, immediately attractive and engaging, that draws you in, that is for a variety of consumers. It's not talking to just a very specific segment of either collectors or high information uh, consumers and, and wine drinkers. So I, I think that there is a little bit of a learning curve. And I would venture to say just overall in the magazine industry, that's that's a little bit where we're at in the independent magazine space. You know, you look at some fantastic pubs like Cherry Bomb or Gossamer or, you know, Whetstone when they were publishing, they really have worked very hard to sort of redefine what a print magazine could be, the value and the experience that it brings, as opposed to uh, a little bit maybe floppier, softer newsstand magazines that might not have the same impression uh, and definitely don't have the same feel uh, and experience to offer. So there's a little bit of a learning curve and, and a redefinition, if you will, overall, I think, for the independent magazine category. But uh, like vinyl, uh, I'm not saying that it is vinyl, uh, but like vinyl, I think that there are just consumers out there that are interested in the craftsmanship of it. Uh, and again, in that tactile experience that cannot be replicated online or elsewhere um, and that they do see the value behind. So that is, that's sort of the conversation that we have on a regular basis, uh, especially with a lot of, I guess, industry people. Right. And you're, you're really a one woman show. You're really doing this all on your own. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, again, we work with a, a wonderful range of contributors for every issue. I definitely could not do anything without uh, their contributions, their support, their words, their art, all of it. Uh, but in terms of the nitty gritty, the administrative, the taxes, the layouts, the assigning, all that fun stuff, um, that is largely uh, in my wheelhouse. I do work with one contributing editor whose name is Alex Peartree. Uh, he was also formerly at Wine Enthusiast with me, and he does lend me some support um, in terms of editing and assigning and working right. on all of these issues, just so I'm not completely in a silo, uh, because I do want additional feedback and and to make of sure course. that, yeah, that I'm on, on the right page and someone's, you know, keeping me honest when I need it. <laughs> right, exactly. 
And so let's just step back a little bit. What did you do for wine enthusiasts again? Yeah. So when I started in 2006, I started as a tasting coordinator in the tasting department. Uh, and then I worked my way up through there to become the tasting director. Uh, from there, I was pretty largely involved in a lot of uh, editorial aligned to our tasting program, which then got me more into uh, the editor roles and capacities. So I became a senior editor with tasting director. Uh, and then I ended up before I left uh, taking over as managing editor and executive editor, finally uh, overseeing all of our content across print and digital. Oh, okay. Nice. But you, you did something with podcasts too, right? I did manage the Wine Enthusiast podcast as well. Yes, okay. that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. I have to tell you that I, I was not, I started this podcast and I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to, this is going to be a chore and I really have to say it's an absolute joy. It's so much fun. Totally. It's, it's I wonderful mean, wonderful hearing people's stories. You know. Absolutely. And it's so easy to just get lost in the conversation uh, when you're right. having a good one and you have interesting people on. So like I said, there's so many wonderful stories out there to tell uh, and having the opportunity to have FaceTime and to hear those stories is just another medium. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Absolutely. You know, one of the reasons why we started the show, which the link is below, which is findtimetv.com um, in 2019, and we started the radio show on WJZP, which is uh, our business sponsor. It's our nonprofit business sponsor. They, uh, they're a local radio station here in Portland, Maine. And one of the reasons why we started the show was because I, I found that women were, were less educated than men. I believe women consume or they purchase 60 to 80% of the uh, alcohol that goes to the house, particularly wine, and men are, what, 80% more educated? So it's like men know about the wine, but the women are buying it. So there's there's a disconnect, and 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 not to say that our audience is solely female, but um, but our audience with everything, the video and the audio side, is always focused on um, bringing people out of that KJ Chardonnay, you know, yeah. kind of um, nest, you know. So come out here and taste something else. Let me just hand you a glass of Brendel Chardonnay. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's great to know what you love and to right. lean into that and to That's have those comforts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's also exciting to be turned on to new things and to explore right. what else is out there, whether it's in a similar vein, uh, right. another Chardonnay, another producer, another region, or something different, trying another right. variety that uh, you might like just as much. So yeah, that's the thing I think that keeps us going, right? There's just always something new and exciting and fun exactly. uh, to explore and to talk about and to share in the drinks world. Uh, so it never gets boring and yep. it's always fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, listen, I have all of my guests this and I will ask you, what do you love? Ooh, what do I love? <laughs> Um, I'm going to say too many things. I love all the drinks. I love all of the food. Right. I love my husband, my kids, my dogs. Yeah. I love things that give you pleasure. Right. Um, so I, I don't know, maybe that's too hedonistic. A response, oh, no, no, that's perfect. You know, for me, it's if it's giving you memories and good feelings and great experiences, those are all the things that I love. Okay. Fantastic. And then do you have a song for us today? Yes, I do have a song for you. Uh, I was thinking about it very hard when you told me to pick a song. And being a bit of a rock metal girl, I had to go something a little bit hard. But being where I am, uh, I thought maybe it would be fun to go with Metallica Whiskey in the Jar. I like that. Even better. <laughs> and in honor of Shane McGowan, 
Well, I didn't even write whiskey in the jar. The Dubliners did, but but uh, I'm sure he covered it somewhere down the line, right? Yes. Um, but what a great song. I don't know if you heard about his funeral, but it was quite epic. Oh. Uh, uh, they had a funeral, and there was a bunch of people singing, and there was people dancing, and I, I think that he would want that. Oh, my God. That sounds perfect. Please, yeah, um, I, yeah please take notes for when it's my time. <laughs> absolutely. Right? All right, my friend. So very nice to meet you. Thank you for coming. One more time. How do I find you? You can find us at full-pour.com or on Instagram at fullpourmag. Perfect. It's lovely to have you. Thank you very much and have a great day. Thank you. 